Good morning once again, and welcome to Nature Watch. Nature Watch sponsored by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. Now here's your host of Nature Watch, Mr. Gary Miller. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Chilly. That's <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but you know, it's the end of November, so it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we've had some, had some really warm weather this fall. Yes. Yeah, I had so. 19 degrees in all this morning when I left the house. So. Yeah, when I came in this morning, it was actually 18, so. Yeah. but uh, and I knew it was a little colder because I know uh, yesterday morning I saw all sorts of sandhill cranes and they were oh. out grazing and. I saw one of the fields must have had well over a thousand. They're sort of scattered over the whole field. Wow! A uh, few few birds flying around. Didn't see as many this morning, and the ones I did see looked like they were sort of hunkered down trying to stay warm. <laughs> did see a few small flocks flying around, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, been uh, interesting weather. That's for sure. Like, seem like we always say that though. Well, you know, Michigan it's, is fun. It's. Um, it's exciting. Of course, you know the motto, if you don't like it, wait five minutes, it'll change. Oh, yes, but yes. I'm not sure that five minutes holds true anymore. I think it might be a little less than that. It <laughs> seems, seems like it at times. So, so I had, saw something interesting the, earlier this week. Uh, walked outside the store and uh, heard several crows just making a big ruckus. And I uh, was sort of curious to see what, the, what was up. And So I looked in one of the large white pine trees where three crows and they kept flitting around a little bit. They're right at the top of the tree. And they just kept calling and calling. And I looked, and just below the crows was a red-tailed hawk that was sitting there. Oh. Trying to ignore them. Uh-huh. And the crows were trying to warn everybody else that there's a hawk in the area. Uh, it was actually sort of fun to watch. Yeah, uh, well, you know, I'm surprised the hawk didn't go after them. You know, uh, Yeah, sometimes they do. Um, they usually try to ignore the crows. Crows are going to be very... Uh, um, tenacious as Combative. far as picking yeah. on, on the hawks and that. Well, and they usually travel in group, big groups. So, you know, the hawk oh, goes yes, after yeah, one, yeah. and, you know, there's power in numbers. Yeah, blue jays will sometimes uh, do that same thing with I hawks, bet. too. It's just uh, do that cry and warn everybody that there's hawks in the area and try to annoy the hawk, get the hawk to move away. I usually, we, we know, we find out there's a hawk in the area, technically, when um, all the birds disappear in a hurry. Oh, I yes. mean, you know, and then... You wait about two or three minutes, and then here it comes. <laughs> yeah, like, you know when the hawk's gone because the birds come then back. Then the birds yeah. come back, yeah, yes. which is which is fine. So uh, with uh, Thanksgiving just a couple of days away, and everybody's uh, trying to eat all those leftovers. Or, oh, yeah. Which is always fun. Leftovers are always good. thought we'd talk a little bit about turkeys. Mm. And uh, so actually I'll, I'll actually kick off with our trivia question. Okay. See maybe we get people looking, thinking this morning. Now, and, I want to make sure that people know. We Gary and I are here by our lonesomes. <laughs> yes. Which means we have a unique way of answering the telephone. So when you call, I'm gonna pick the receiver up and it, you know, get you on and then I'm gonna put you on hold right away. So don't hang up because I'm not hanging up on you. It's just I, I can't answer the telephone yeah. while we're on the Jim air. and I are the only ones here this morning. Yeah, we're the only ones here. We're thinking about changing the format of all the radio stations to uh, <laughs> to nature. So but yes. you know, <laughs> See how long it takes before somebody gets in here. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, we're here by ourselves. So if you, when you call in for the trivia question, just you're going to hear me pick the receiver up and then put you on hold right away, and then we'll get to you. So, so, so with turkeys, there's always been this uh, sort of a tradition that uh, a president will pardon a turkey or so. Yeah. So my question this morning is, which U.S. president issued the first official presidential oh. turkey pardon? Huh. 
So which U.S. president okay. issued the first official presidential turkey pardon? All right. And, and then, uh, we'll see people uh, out Googling now right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, Google Google's probably a big surge in, uh, in uh, what their people are looking for. 382-4280-877-382-4280. Those are the numbers to call. If you know which president was the first official pardoner yes. of a turkey. Yes. So while we're waiting to see if they get somebody gets that answer right away, uh, I, I had I had another question, but I, my wife decided it was too difficult. So we'll oh. talk about that one a little bit. Here. Okay. Uh, some of some events uh, coming up. Um, you can see Santa at Waddell's uh, throughout the week, uh, helping pick out Christmas trees and his working clothes. And uh, formal formal events with Santa uh, next weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, okay. Friday from four to six thirty. Saturday from ten to two, and then All the right. following weekend. So if you uh, want to get the, those kitties out, um, last year Santa saw kids from the age of a week and a half to 92. Wow. Hey, <laughs> Everybody's a kid at Christmas. Yes, of course. Of course. So. All righty. Well, uh, the first caller ignored my, uh, my oh, admonition they, they, here, but uh, I do believe that, uh, that our second caller is guys hanging on there. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Oh, good morning. Oh, there she is. This is his wife, Lori. Hi, Lori. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so the question is, who was the first president to officially pardon a Thanksgiving turkey? Um, I don't know what anybody else's guess because I had to walk away and help somebody, but um, I think it was John F. Kennedy. No. Oh, that was a good guess. That's a good guess. but Very good okay. guess. But, uh, okay. but thanks anyway for calling in. Yep. We appreciate it. All right. Well, you know, it was. All right, so mm-hmm. let's, let's see if this caller will listen to me. I didn't give him a chance to hang up. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Nature Watch. Who's this? This is Greg. Hey, Greg, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. And thank, thank you, you, by the way, for following instructions. That was very nice of you. <laughs> so, all right, well, you know the question. Who was the first uh, partner of a turkey officially as president of the United States? Uh, I'm, I'm saying the one of the greatest presidents of all who saw us through the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln. You know, that's a really uh, good that, guess. That's a really good guess. And actually, I was, I was reading about, uh, so that's not the correct answer. It's not the correct answer, but... But, but the, it's interesting with uh, when Abraham Lincoln was president, uh, they had a turkey, and his son Tad was very fond of animals. And they got a turkey, and Tad actually trained the turkey, which he named Jack, to follow him around. And when uh, it came close to Thanksgiving... And they were going to eat the bird. Tad implored with his father to not eat the bird and spare the uh, turkey's life. And Abraham Lincoln did. But it wasn't an official pardon. And later on, um, because Jack followed Tad all over, Tad and Jack were visiting some of the soldiers around election time. And Abraham Lincoln jokingly asked Tad if if Jack was going to vote. And Tad's response was, no, he's not old enough yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I I love listening to your program, you guys. And thank thank you a lot. Have a great day. Thank you, Greg. We appreciate it very much. And that was a good guess. I I got to get it. I heard heard the story again when... uh, when, Yeah, so, uh, so there's actually been quite a few presidents that have sort of pardoned or spared turkeys' lives for Thanksgiving, but... There was one president that did the first official, official. presidential pardon. Yeah. And, and uh, who, uh, who might that be? All right, so hang on a second here. And All right. I th- I'm, I'm hoping we got him. Good morning. How are you? 
Hello, this is Leslie Ramirez. Hey, Leslie, do me a favor, if you can, turn your uh, radio down just a little. Okay. Because we're getting that echo. And then we're going to ask you, uh, Leslie, who is the first official president, or first president to officially pardon a turkey? All right. There he goes. There's he there. <laughs> George Bush. Well, you want to... So, so which one? Which one? The first George or the H. second? George H. George H. Yeah, that yep, would, so that H. would George be right. H. W. Bush. That's, that's that correct. That would be right. Yes, indeed. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah, he was the first one. So pretty cool. All right. Well, listen. You pick up a twenty dollars gift card from Waddell's that you can use on all any things, including Christmas presents, if you wanted to buy something. So I want you to to stay on hold for a second. I'm going to come back to you in just a few minutes and get some information so we can get your card to you. Okay. Okay. All right. Hang on. All right. Well, congratulations. Yeah. So the good, uh, good guess. Good I, guess. I knew that would make maybe a little bit of confusion there because all the stories. So the story goes back to Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, 1989, George H. W. Bush actually was the uh, issued the first official presidential turkey pardon. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other stories was is that Harry Truman um, actually pardoned a turkey, but he did not pardon the turkey. He did a photo op with the turkey, which oh. they ate later on. Oh. <laughs> Boy, that's so, cold-hearted. But, well, that's, you know, that happens. I, I do know that uh, uh, Franklin Roosevelt pardoned uh, such turkeys, but he also moved Thanksgiving yes. and made a lot of people mad. Yes, yes. People were calling it Franksgiving yes. instead. And it's actually uh, some people stopped celebrating because they were ticked off <laughs> for what it's worth. But, wow, that is, uh, that is uh, pretty cool, I guess. So, um I noticed that wild turkeys have an attitude issue. Yes, uh, yes. I've, I've seen them, you know, standing in the, uh, there's a service road we have to get to one of our transmitters, and they'll just stand there, and I'll pull up, and I'll have to get through, and I'm like, and? And they're all looking at me like, no, we were here first. Yeah, uh, so they are very protective. Yeah. And uh, obviously, they're very large birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so turkeys are believed to be named after the country. Uh, linguists theorize that early Europeans were reminded of their African guinea fowl back home which was native to Turkey, and the similarity led to its name. Cool. There are only two species of wild turkey. Really? Um, with the average female um, around half the weight of the 25-pound tom. Uh, the uh, two species of turkey, wild turkey, there's one here in North America, and the oscillated turkey in Central America. The North American wild turkey has five distinct subspecies and also comes in a variety of color morphs. So you see some variation in those. Uh-huh. Uh, Turkeys, you know, despite their size and that 25-pound tom and half the size on the, on the, the hen, um, actually can move around pretty good. And they're usually ground dwellers, but they roost in trees at night to avoid predators. And uh, they can also be very fast. Um, they can fly up to 55, 60 miles per hour. Wow. Um, they don't run quite that fast, but they'll run about 20, 25 miles an hour. And so they can move quite rapidly. Uh, they also have excellent eyesight. Uh, they can see three times more clearly than 2020 vision. And they can also see in color and have a 270-degree field of vision. So it helps protect them with predators around. Yeah. Uh, that gives them that pr- uh, protection from predators and that. And uh, the, int- the other question I was thinking about, my wife thought it was too difficult, but how do you tell a turkey as far as which gender it is, whether it's a tom or a hen, from its scat? Hmm. Well, it's interesting because tom turkeys 
their scat is shaped like the letter J. Okay. And a female's, the hen's droppings are more spiral-shaped. And the bigger the poop, the bigger the bird, or older the bird. Older the bird. Um, huh. one, one of the state's websites, I believe it was Maine, described turkey droppings as looking like, and this is a quote, brown and white cheese puffs. <laughs> so so if you see that that distinct uh, telltale sign out when you're walking around trying to walk off those <laughs> calories from Thanksgiving, um, you'll say, oh, that's some turkey droppings. And you can see whether it was a hen or a tom that was there. Huh. Um, well, turkey populations actually dropped in the 19th century, and uh, due, mainly due to overhunting and loss of habitat, um, almost totally disappeared from New England. And unfortunately, um, conservation efforts have, throughout the 20th century led to a sharp rebound uh, throughout their historic range, and now the birds have taken over um, the Northeast and actually a lot of here in the Midwest. We're seeing a lot more wild turkey than we used to. Wow. Uh, Very cool. The, uh, along with their waddles and snoots, that piece of f- flesh that dangles from the beak, turkeys have another standout feature, beards. Okay. And uh, that's that bundle of feathers that sprouts from their chest. Yes. And gets longer as the bird ages. While all males have beards, some females also grow them. The why is still a mystery to scientists. And uh, I think a, t- a couple of shows ago I talked about uh, that popular turkey tale. Benjamin Franklin did not advocate for the turkey as a national bird. He also did not besmirch the bald eagle either. In fact, the letter to his daughter that is often cited as a source of both these, quote, facts, was actually, actually satire. And I talked <laughs> about that several weeks ago. So some interesting facts about turkey while yeah. you're enjoying those leftovers or out trying to walk off those calories. And, there you go. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And I think we're going to talk again about woodpeckers. Yes, right? we are. All right. So hang in there. It's uh, 845 WKZO News Time on Nature Watch. Shopping for Christmas gifts and decorations at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center is a refreshingly pleasant experience. Waddell's is stocked with gorgeous, lifelike Christmas trees and decor, and it's all 25% off, plus loads of unique quality gifts. Or choose a fresh-cut tree or handmade wreath. And going on for the rest of today only, you can use your $3, $5, $10, $20, and $50 coupons on any regular-priced items. Just go to Waddell's.com to get your coupons. You can choose your own sale when you use your coupons from Waddell's. They have a huge selection of non-electronic kids' toys and puzzles for all ages that make fun gifts. How about a hand-tuned wind chime or a bird feeder or a bird bath? Visit Waddell's.com to get your very own coupons. Use one or use them all, but be sure to use them by the close of business today on any regular priced items. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, your Christmas decorating and gift-giving headquarters. And we return to Nature Watch with Gary Miller. We were talking turkey. Now Now we're going to... Talk about woodpeckers. Now we're going to talk about a bird that's a little bit smaller, but... Uh, yeah, but we're going to talk about the largest woodpecker the, that's the here in Michigan. The largest woodpecker, yeah. The pileated woodpecker. Yeah. And uh, they're uh, actually one of the, the largest forest birds on the on the North American continent. Uh, almost the size of a crow. It's that black with white bold stripes down the neck and a flaming red crest. And look and listen for pileated woodpeckers whacking at dead trees and fallen logs in search of their main prey, carpenter ants. And... Pileated woodpeckers, you know, you see them come in at the, your suet feeders in the, the wintertime. Sometimes, there tend to be some shy birds. Their, their primary food source is carpenter ants, but they also supplement it with other ants, wood-boring beetle larvae, termites, and other insects such as flies, spruce budworm, caterpillars, cockroaches, and grasshoppers. They also eat wild fruits and nuts. 
and including like greenbrier, hackberry, sassafras, blackberries, sumac berries, poison ivy, holly, dogwood, persimmon, and elderberry. And in some diet studies, they've actually noticed that uh, pileated woodpeckers, ants can constitute 40% of their diet. Wow. And up to 97% in some individuals. So occasionally they'll visit that sewer in the uh, in the winter time because the ants aren't usually very active and they have to do a lot of a lot of digging. Uh, it's uh, interesting with the the uh, pileated that uh, they nest in dead trees typically, uh, and uh, they actually make quite a large nest. So the male begins excavating the nest cavity and does most of the work, but the female contributes, particularly as the hole nears completion. Uh, the entrance hole is oblong, so that's the one way you can always tell there's pileated around because it's a unique uh, hole that you see in the side of the tree. It's more of that uh, almost rectangular or oval shape uh, rather than a circular shape like most woodpecker holes. And uh, for the finishing touches, they climb inside and, and uh, chip away and get those chips, and that's what they use at the bottom of their, their nest are just some uh, of the chips that they've excavated away uh, from the hole. It usually takes about three to six weeks from the construct a nest, and nests are rarely used in later years. That cavity depth of that nest can reach 10 to 24 inches. So they do a lot of uh, wood excavation in those trees. a lot of wood. And uh, the, uh, so if you have some dead trees and they're not threatening your house or, you know, driveway or people as far as injury and that, leave, leave a few of those dead trees up because uh, that will uh, get some of those carpenter ants in and uh, feed the Pileated. Well, I told you before we have a stump in our yard. Had a stump in our yard, and pileated woodpeckers over the last two years have worked on it to the point where it may not have to be ground down now because yes. I mean they've yes. just torn it apart. And other birds were coming in too. Apparently, there was a a plethora of carpenter ants or something else. Oh yeah, so probably and, had some flickers in there too. Yeah, it might have been some was, of the even the red bellies. Will yeah, feed on the there ground. was a few, but uh, yeah, and, uh, they've really done a number on that stump. is amazing. So, so a neat, neat fact about the pileated also is that they have a barbed tongue that they extract those ants and uh, wood-boring beetle larvae out of the wood. That tongue can be more than an inch long. And uh, when they hammer on the soft wood on, on those trees where those ants are, uh, pileated woodpeckers use their long neck to pull far back from the tree then make powerful strikes with their heavy bill, pulling with their feet to increase the strength of the blow. And... The sound is usually audible uh, quite often as a heavy thunk, and you'll see large chunks of wood down at the base of trees where the pileated have been feeding. And so they, they are um, actually monogamous and hold large territory, so it's rare to see more than two birds at, at any one time. Um, when one member of the pair dies, the other one often gains a new mate and uh, still holds the territory. They have a strong flight but slow and slightly undulating, so they, they look like they're sort of because like a large bird, you don't think they're going to be too uh, graceful in their flight. And uh, so it's uh, interesting uh, with, the, with the pileated. I know most times you can hear them. You don't see them that often. Uh, they usually try to hide in the backside of a tree when you're out hiking in the woods and, and uh, tend to be like a little bit on the shy side from that. But uh, you can hear them for a long distance because they're so loud with their, their excavations of those. Yeah, we've, uh, we've heard them in our complex, you know, two, three blocks away. They're very, they're very loud, and it, and every once in a while they'll show show up at the suet feeder, and for a big bird they can hold on really well. Oh yes, they can. Yeah, you know they and, uh, they, they uh, it, the suet feeders, especially for pileated because they're such a large bird, 
uh, one of those suet feeders with the long tailboard on there so they have something to, to brace against. It's uh-huh. really good for the pileated. Our, they'll hang upside down on ours because we have an upside down one. And they do a great job of holding on. But uh, because they're so big, it's nice having that bigger support yeah. for them to, to yeah, grasp on. it to. is. And uh, so they're always neat to see. Um, you just don't see them that often. You usually hear them more than you see them. So I know the... Uh, Usually one of, one of the common woodpeckers that I get at my feeder are more the red bellies, besides the downy and the hairy. And uh, red bellies are a smaller bird. Uh, they uh, We talked about red-headed woodpeckers last week. Red bellies are a sort of similar size, maybe just a touch smaller or touch larger than the red-headed. Uh, they're about the same size as a hairy woodpecker, uh, about three-quarters the size of a northern flicker. So they're just a touch larger than the, the red-headed. And... Uh, Red bellies are very common uh, in woods. You see them a lot at a lot of the feeders. It's one of the larger birds you see at the feeder. Uh, the uh, couple of interesting facts about it, they also have a barbed tongue, and their tongue can be almost two inches long. And it's also their spit is sticky, so it makes it easier for them to uh, snatch those insects in that in deep crevices. Uh, males have longer, whiter tipped tongues than females, possibly allowing the breeding pair to feed, uh, feed in slightly different places in their territory and maximize their use of food. Um, they also will um, wedge nut, sometimes with large nuts in, in crevices and bark and then whack at them to make them manageable pieces so they can eat them. Uh, they'll use cracks in trees, fence posts to store food for later in the year. And uh, that was one of the things we talked about last, last week too, that uh, redheaded woodpeckers do a lot of storage. Um, for Red bellies, um, they are known to take over nests of other birds, including the much smaller and endangered red cockaded woodpecker, which would be farther south. Uh, but more often, they're um, actually victims to the aggressive European starling. So as many as half of the red-bellied woodpecker nests in some areas get invaded by starlings, uh, those, those raucous birds that uh, people imported from Europe because they missed their t- very telltale song. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I guess I've never heard a starling that I would contribute uh, no. the, the term song to their, their noise. Uh, I have a few other words for them, but we could, it's a radio station and a family uh, show. Yes. And uh, the uh, red belly, you'll see them fly quickly and erratically through the forest, sometimes abruptly changing direction. Um, they think that maybe that's just uh, they're practicing evading predators and that uh, if they need it at some point. And... Uh, the uh, they'll feed on the trees uh, most more often drilling into the, the bark surface. Uh, they uh, have that that color pattern. They're they're sort of pale overall. Um, they have a bold black and white striped back, and then they have a flashing red cape and neck. Uh, look for those white patches under the wing t- wingtips as the the bird flies. They. Uh, Again, nest in, in hardwoods, dead trees typically are pines, uh, dead limbs of live trees, and fence posts. And the sa- same pair may nest in the same tree year after year, but typically excavate a new cavity each year, often placing the new one beneath the previous years. So it looks like a woodpecker condo in a tree. It might be a red belly that's nesting there. They uh, also, um, when they when they feed on those uh, along those main branches and and trunks of trees. Um, they sort of hitch in cl- a classic woodpecker fashion. So you've, you've seen woodpeckers moving and sort of hopping up and down a tree. Yeah. Um, that's that. Uh, it's called hitching. <laughs> uh, very distinct movement. Uh, 
they actually lean away from the trunk and onto their stiff tail feathers as they search for food hiding in the bark crevices. And uh, when when they nest, um, the male actually chooses a site and begins to excavate the nest hole, uh, trying to attract a female by calling and tapping softly on the wood around or in the cavity. When a female accepts, she taps along with the male, then helps the finishing put the finishing touches in the nest cavity. And they also use uh, the wood chips from their nest. They're, they're, they're taking excavating the nest out uh, for the, the base of their nest. Um, one of the notes, and actually a lot of my information I get from uh, the uh, Cornell uh, or Ornithology Lab, they have excellent information. Uh, they have a great app on the Merit uh, They uh, that about wild birds and that. Um, fantastic resource. One of the things that they had about the red bellies that that they will push aside most bird species, like at bird feeders and that, other than blue jays. And I guess I must have some aggressive wood, uh, red-bellied woodpeckers around my, my feeders because most of the red bellies that come into my feeder will actually push the blue jays away too. Wow. Uh, That's which, interesting. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, because blue jays, they're pretty territorial. When they get to the, the bird feeders, like, stay away. It's my turn. Yes, yes. They don't take a lot of guff from other birds, but wow. Yeah, so uh, red bellies are primarily um, east of the Mississippi River. There are a few areas just west of the, the Mississippi. Uh, but when you get out of those really wooded areas and get out in the prairie, there aren't a whole lot of trees, so you don't see uh, see any of them. And they're, they're here year-round. Uh, they're actually not up to... You might see an occasional sighting up at the tip of the lower peninsula of Michigan and really not in the upper peninsula. So from there south all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Huh. Uh, one of the uh, neat things I noted with you know, talking about distribution and going back to the pileated. So pileated woodpeckers, again, are also east of the Mississippi River from the Gulf all the way up into Canada. And then they have a, a swat, swath of uh, where they actually uh, reside year-round up through the, the Canadian provinces, north of the U.S. border, and then it comes down along the Pacific coast. So it sort of wraps around that whole prairie area and, and the Rocky Mountains and that. Uh, they, they come down into uh, Idaho and, uh, and the Panhandle of Idaho and the, the uh, eastern Mo- Washington, uh, northeastern Oregon, mm-hmm. or extreme western Montana, and then along the Pacific coast all the way down into California. Wow. And, uh, but everything else is sort of blank. There's no pileated. <laughs> well, mainly because there aren't any trees for them to uh, find, say, find food. No trees, no food. So, yeah, so let's stay uh, away. Wow. It, uh, that is cool. Very, very interesting. Um, you want to do this again next week? Sure. All right. We could do that. All right. Yeah. So when's Santa going to be out of Waddell's? So so stop in any time. Um, periodically, you'll see Santa is working close. I'll pick out Christmas trees. Uh, next weekend, 4 to 6.30 on Friday night, 10 to 2 on Saturday, Santa will have his formal suit on mm-hmm. for photos. And the following weekend, 4 to 6 on Friday and 10 to 2 again on Saturday. Okay. And to check out the uh, Waddell's website, waddells.com. Uh, you can check out our event times and that. Actually, uh, the following week, that third week in December, we've got a few uh, nights that you can bring your, your pets in to get photos with Santa. To, we call it Paula Days. Yeah, uh, so there you go. That's always always fun to get a All lot right. of dogs come in. Uh, Very cool. So if you have a chance, get those calories walked off. Go out and outside and enjoy the na- outside in nature. All right. Thanks, Gary. We will talk to you again next week, sir. Yeah, it looks like the weather might warm up just a touch towards the end next yeah, week. Yeah, so. a little bit. It's Thank- that time of year. It goes yeah, up and down. it's going to go up and down, up and down. It's Michigan. What are you going to do? Thanks for listening to this edition of Nature Watch. Tune in each Saturday after 830 for Nature Watch, brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center at the corner of Millam and 12th Street.